Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and tonight I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How are you doing tonight, man? Great. Just had a three-day weekend. It's yeah. We uh, weren't really sure when we were going to record. We kind of just kept pushing it off, and then uh, we were just like, yeah, we probably should do this today, yeah. you know, <laughs> instead of, you know, we were thinking about doubling up on next weekend. That just, yeah, especially if we only have two days to do it, it just becomes kind of just too much, especially because, like, a large portion of our show is, like, the games we've been playing recently, and if, you know we record two episodes in a day or two days. It just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to do that. So here we are. We are going to be recording a uh, episode kind of diving into all things Harry Potter. We were kind of tossing up a few different ideas. And uh, yeah, so later in the show, our main topic this week will be kind of ranking the movies in the series, um, kind of our favorite scenes, characters, how we think we would place in the the wizarding world, we know which house. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. But before we get into the games we've been playing recently, I wanted to quickly... Um, I guess just kind of apologize. You know, I kind of made a comment last week. We were talking about getting angry um, and playing video games. And I talked about throwing a controller at my buddy when we were playing Madden and he beat me. And, you know, um, of course, unknowingly, you know, the following day after recording, there was a very tragic and horrific um, event that took place in Jacksonville, Florida um, at a Madden tournament. Someone kind of um, opened fire on a number of people and ended up killing two people and taking their lives. So um, I just want to kind of apologize. It was not in any way being insensitive to that, because, of course, I didn't know what happened. You know, it's, it's so unfortunate that, um, you know, that person decided to do that. After, you know, more research came out, this kid was um, pretty much clinically insane. You know, he was diagnosed, like, with bipolar, and he used to take medication at a very young age for, like, schizophrenia. And Was he in the tournament? Yeah, yeah, he got okay. knocked out pretty early. Um, and he was also known for, like, the announcers often would introduce him as, He's all business, you know, he's very serious because he didn't really show much emotion when he played. Mm -hmm. He kind of just showed up and played his games. And he'd also, you know, some of the other players thought it was very odd, but he'd like oftentimes if he had a breakaway and he was running away for a touchdown, he'd just run out of bounds when he could have gone for the touchdown. He was just very off. There were just very strange things about him. Um, I think, you know, he purchased the guns a couple months before the tournament. And Did they get him? He killed himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Indirectly. Yes. Um, yeah, very unfortunate, you know, and it's really, really um, graphic that, you know, they caught some of it on Twitch um, just yeah. as it kind of started happening. You heard the bullet shots and everything. So it's just horrible that, you know, those types of things go on. But we're not going to get into the politics of all of that. Um, I just, again, wanted to kind of briefly apologize for, for the comments that I made um, in the weeks prior, and I was in no way trying to be insens- insensitive um, to that kind of stuff going on. But... You might hear the uh, the grandfather clock. I'm actually staying at my dad's house this week, um, watching the the little guy Calvin, my little pup, and um, he's some, running around here somewhere. But before we get into the games we've been playing recently, a couple quick announcements earlier this week. Onimusha, a series um, of games on the PlayStation Two that I've always wanted to get into. You're kind of like a samurai, oh, that's cool. and um, and yeah, I've held off for so long to play them or buy them on the PS2 and. Fortunately, I think it's next month uh, we're getting an HD remaster for the PS4 and Xbox One maybe as well. But um, Capcom games, really cool cool stuff. So really excited about that. Um, Dragon Quest XI reviews came in pretty hot, I'd say. Uh, I think it's like on an 
88 on uh, Metacritic right now. So um, regardless of what the reviews were going to come in as, I had the game pre-ordered months ago. It's going to arrive tomorrow. Super excited about it. But speaking of mail arriving at my house, um, something very unfortunate recently happened. So over the weekend, and I can't confirm this because I mean, with it being Labor Day today um, here in the States, um, I wasn't able to call the, the uh, local postal office. But, you know... Lauren and I went out Friday night, and I a package was supposed to be delivered that night. It was a Lindsey Sterling vinyl album, and when we got back later that night, it was not there. I figured, okay, maybe it was a miscommunication, and the tracking information will be there tomorrow. Well, I also ordered Lauren a, um, a 101 Dalmatian snow globe, because last year for her birthday, I got her a really nice um, Beauty and the Beast snow globe, and we have like a nice cabinet where we keep a lot of our really you know um, unique and um, just more expensive, I guess, collectibles. And I was going to kind of add to that little collection. But unfortunately, that, along with a 1998 promotional Yoshi Story poster that I ordered for myself on eBay, um, both of which said that they were delivered and um, they were nowhere to be seen. Now, the poster I ordered from Germany, and it required someone to sign it. And the tracking information said it was left with an individual. So... I'm kind of creeped out because if someone literally was camping at our apartment and signed for an item that um, was not theirs and they forged my signature and then went so far as to take the other items that were left off by the post office. Um, I don't see someone getting out of their car, though, and signing for it. I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I want to believe that, you know, there was just miscommunication in all of the, the tracking information. Um, but for three items to l- arrive on two different days... Um, for them to be holding all of that at the post office when only one of them required a signature, I I find it hard to believe, but I want I want to remain cautiously optimistic. Um, plus there was a there was it was raining the pat those two days, so maybe the post office guy was like, okay, well these are fragile items, I'll I'll just hold them off at the post office. But usually when that happens too, they leave a note saying, you know, we will try and deliver this again at so and so a date. Um, otherwise couldn't collect them at the post office. Yeah, I guess you'll find out tomorrow. So I'll find out tomorrow, and I'll update you guys next week. But without further ado, we've gone on long enough. Ryan, what have you been playing this week? So I picked up Destiny 2 for free because I was not going to pay for that one, and I played a couple hours of that, uh, made a character. I am a green guy with some white hair. I don't know what race that was, Ascended or something like that? Uh, well, your class was a warlock. Yeah, I was a warlock, but there was, like, humans, there was, like, art robot guys, and then there was, like, glowy-eyed, like, weird skin color dudes. Yeah. So I was that, the weird skin color guys. Um, so, yeah, I got through to, like, a farm, which is kind of, like, the central hub after the tutorial, and then I did one mission, and then I did other things. Um, like, moving a lot of dirt this weekend with my dad. Um, then I played Dark Cells for about an hour or Dead so. Cells. Dead Cells? Yeah, you got Dark Souls and Dark Dead Souls. Souls. <laughs> yeah. up. It's, it's rough. It's, uh, yeah, Dead Cells. It almost plays like a 2D Dark Souls, you know, sort of, as far as how punishing the difficulty can be. <laughs> it is punishing, mm-hmm. um, especially towards the beginning. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's kind of like an arcade you pick it up, do a run or two, and then you put it down. It's not one of those you play for a very long time because it can be frustrating because you have to start over. Um, but it is a lot of fun. And then I I don't know what I was doing, but I got, I saw a clip of like this RPG battle um, 
and then it turned out to be Sword Art Online. So I went and tried to watch that, and it's the, I guess the premise of the show is that people are in an RPG, and they get locked in, and they can't log out. Then they have to beat the entire game, and if they die um, in the game, the headset or the VR headset that they're wearing sends an electrical signal and fries their brain. So nice. it's pretty high stakes. Yep. Um, so seeing that or like starting that show really made me want to play uh, M- an MMO RPG. So I played a little bit of RuneScape. Nice. Getting the feel of getting my brain fried yeah. <laughs> a little bit. And then I taped my eyeballs open and I <laughs> yeah. sat there for 17 hours. Yeah. So I watched the entire series in like a day and a half. Um, but yeah, I recommend that show. It was pretty good. Nice. Cool. It's on Netflix. Yeah, so that's it. Um, I'm going to be playing Celeste next week, probably. Nice. Uh, so have you, wait, have you started Celeste at all? Have you played? Just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, a couple um, levels. And that, is that a, that's a 2D platformer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check. You, and you have it on the Switch, right? Yeah. Cool. So I'm kind of in the mood for something a little bit more. I guess I don't think it's really relaxing. It's pretty punishing, but kind of a platformer instead of something huge like yeah. an RPG. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because um, I kind of overshot with xenoblade which yeah. requires giant sessions like two to three hours of gameplay at a time and then dark cells dead cells it's fine crap it's fine dude it's like 6 30 <laughs> yeah. on monday night you I'm know drinking caffeine right now uh dead cells is good for a few setting or sittings but um and destiny i think is going to be the same it's going to require more like a longer sitting time yeah. We're going to have to co-op that. but Yeah, absolutely. So is that it for this week? Yeah. Yeah, ahead. I guess I'll hop. I, I didn't even have Destiny down. I kind of forgot. So last night I kind of created an account as well. Um, definitely would encourage all of you for any PS Plus owners. Um, and even if you're not a PlayStation Plus owner, I'd really encourage it. Um, I didn't see any incentive last generation to have an Xbox Live Gold subscription, especially when I was in college. I didn't um, have the time to really play online games anyways. And uh, I didn't want to use or pay, essentially pay $60 a year, however much it was, plus a monthly Netflix subscription just to watch Netflix, because you needed to have the gold membership to even watch Netflix on your Xbox. I was just really? like, I'll just sign in on my computer. Like, I don't I don't care. Um, but anyway, speaking about Destiny, um, it's good fun. It's a yeah. lot of fun. You know, I mean, um, I was pleasantly surprised that the opening tutorial had a really, um, not engrossing story, but certainly, you know, there's some big bad guy that, you know, starts to take over the world as it was. You know, you're just a very futuristic Halo-like universe, and uh, you're like these guardians, and you have like this almost robotic companion that essentially revives you and restores your health. Um, And this crazy guy starts taking over the universe, and lo and behold, Nathan Fillion is like one of your companions in the game. He starts talking, coming into the room. So that was that was a nice surprise to hear him. I love Nathan Fillion and, and pretty much everything he's done, whether it was Firefly, Castle, um, or some of the other, you know, whatever he, else he's been in. Um, and so, yeah, it was pleasant to see his voice um, in this game. And the uh, the black guy from Horizon Zero Dawn, he's his voice is in there as well. Okay, yeah, and he's kind of a protagonist antagonist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I feel like the gun uh, the gunplay is is really spot on. I feel like it plays as you'd expect since Bungie has developed this game. It's very much uh, resembles Halo as far as um, the weapons and just how it feels um, mm-hmm. to kind of you know just shoot a multitude of different weapons, whether it's a pistol, um, assault rifle, or what have you, throwing grenades and stuff like that. Um, I'd almost say that it has the visual um, style of Halo, but I feel like it has the 
more the chaos of a game like Gears of War, where you're like just in these open shootouts in different areas of a particular level, and it's just your hand is either on the trigger 100% of the time or you're reloading constantly because there's just waves and waves of enemies. And I like it. It's very fast-paced. And uh, at the same time, I feel like it's, it's kind of mindless. It's the shooter that I have kind of, I think, needed. Um, with a game like Dishonored and when Wolfenstein, there's surprisingly a lot of like stealth you know, areas in those games, and it kind of slows the pace. And this, I feel like it's just going to be run and gun. And, and I kind of yeah. need a game like that right now. So it's just mindless. Yeah, so I'm enjoying Definitely. it. Plus, um, if it has like a little bit of a story involved, I, and the game looks graphically beautiful. I think it's probably next to Uncharted 4, one of the most um, visually appealing games I've seen this console generation. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn's up there too. Yeah. Bloodborne looks great as well. Uh, but yeah, very impressed with this game. So I'll probably be playing that um, sporadically over the next couple of months for sure. Um, probably a good game to play between... Um, Dragon Quest XI, which I'm getting tomorrow. But some of the other games I played this week, um, I went back to Dark Cloud. So this was a game um, on the PS2, came back in 2001, I think is when it came out. Um, kind of a roguelike RPG where you go into these dungeons, they're all procedurally generated. Um, so each time you go in them, they're different. Um, each dungeon typically has anywhere from like 10 to 20 different floors. Um, you kind of have to unlock certain keys that allows you to progress. You also collect these things called Atla, which are basically these like little spherical orbs that contain items that you then, after you leave the dungeon, take back to the town and reconstruct it. Because if you listen to a previous episode, you'll know that, you know, I won't go into all the details, but basically this dark genie um, destroyed the world um, and this magician, like, wizard guy cast a spell right before he, you know, this genie did whatever he did, kind of encapsulating all the most important things in in the certain cities um, and these little spheres called Atla. You play this man named Toen, and you have the power to kind of unlock these little spheres and then, again, bring those items back to uh, the world and, and reconstruct it. So I was about 50% of the way through when I put the game down for a while, about a month back, and uh, powered through this past week uh, and, you know, in anticipation of Dragon Quest, and I'm on the final boss. I actually got to the final boss earlier this afternoon, and just before we hopped on and recorded, um, I tried to beat him three times and failed miserably. So... I don't know if I need to uh, watch some walkthroughs. And I feel terrible because Pete Doerr, um, I'm actually just shy of f- hitting the 50-hour mark in this game. Yeah. And Pete Doerr just successfully speedrun the game the other night in eight and a half hours. Um, yeah, I think it's a user problem so much as a yeah, it, it, final boss problem. Probably is a, <laughs> it probably is a personal problem, but it is what it is. you know. So I'll, I'll go back and see uh, Pete's uh, pro strats and see if I can uh, successfully conquer the dark genie and i'll let you guys know next week how uh how that went so you said that was a roguelike is that is roguelike based off the generation of levels or is it the starting over because dead cells is a considered a roguelike and that has like procedurally generated yeah but I, that's you start over i don't think you can, can pigeonhole it into like one uh, mechanic yeah i think it's like you know you look at rpgs and it's like what's an rpg well there's a lot of things that go into an RPG. And I think like roguelikes, I think one of the biggest things is procedurally generated areas or levels or what, however the game is structured. That procedural generation is, is one of the biggest aspects of it. Okay. But I think one of the other things is, is losing your gear or losing whatever is required to kind of progress through the game. Um, once you're kind of stripped of that and have to restart from scratch, that's another kind of big aspect of those games. So do you get stripped in uh, Dark Cloud? Not necessarily, no. Um... I mean, your weapons break, but that's that's kind of that can be in any mm-hmm. game, really. It's in Oblivion, it's in Zelda, Breath of the Wild, you know. So, 
Yeah, I think just procedural generation and kind of restarting it are two big aspects. So, um, but yeah, so Dark Cloud, it's, I don't want to say most likely, it's going to be in my top 10 games of the year, no doubt. Um, been really enjoying it, especially a game that came out 17 years ago and I'm still enjoying it as much as I am now. Uh, I think it's a big deal. Um, I finished Reverie this week as well. So this is a game I talked about many, many episodes ago. Um, I think it might have even been like episode five. I can't believe we're on episode 15. Yeah, it seems like we just started. It's crazy. Um, But so Reverie aesthetically looks nearly identical to Earthbound. From the character animations to the weapons that you use, it's very Earthbound inspired. Uh, From a gameplay perspective, it is pretty much identical to Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Um, It plays very similarly because you're in that like bird's eye view. but to not go into the details, you know, so much, because if you go back to episode five, I kind of, um, you know, went into detail about the story and everything. But basically, you're in this um, kind of like imaginary world or island in New Zealand. Um, so basically, the developers of this game are from New Zealand. Um, so it's very inspired by, you know, that country. You, you see Kiwis all over the place. Um, there's a lot of like just jokes and nods that, people from New Zealand would probably understand much more than I do. <laughs> um, but I still think that, you know, playing through this game that's just very quirky, very odd, very funny, um, you still get a lot of joy out of it. It's just very, very charming. And um, yeah. and so basically the story is you're this young boy that is away for summer. You go and visit your grandparents and, you know, um, kind of like a number of these restless spirits kind of threaten the safety of this this fictional island. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of embark on this journey where, you know, you go to six different dungeons, all um, different, differently themed based on, you know, the different areas on the island that you're at, whether it's, you know, your deserts, your mm-hmm. what have you. Um, and so the, the dungeons play out very similar to Legend of Zelda Link to the Past or really any kind of old school Zelda game where you have all these different puzzles that you kind of have to maneuver and solve um, in order to, and you know, you get silver keys to unlock certain doors and then you eventually get the gold boss key to get to your boss. Um, kind of a cooler version of Sun and Moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait, did you have to do that in Sun, Pokemon Sun no, and Moon? No, it was go to different islands, different themes. Oh, yeah, things, that garbage. Um, some crap with, uh, what, did, what did you even do for like gyms? You didn't unlock keys to go to the, like gyms, it was you had to do tasks. Those challenges, like fishing, or what the heck or like were they called? They were up. something stupid. Like it wasn't challenges; it was like uh, trials. trials. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Oh gosh, get so out of here! Worst. I swear, if the the Pokemon game that they're making for Switch from the ground up, like mirrors the the structure of Sun and Moon, I'm gonna be so disappointed. Yeah, I'm not gonna play it. I mean, I really summer. hope that they cater to to new and old, and I feel like. Sun and Moon, they were really trying to cater to a new generation of, of people that played Pokemon. Yeah, they need to take out the, uh, whatever those monster beasts are. Ugh, ultra beasts? Yeah. Get that out of here. Like it, it, Pokemon was cool enough. Like It's like Jurassic Park, and they had to like genetically modify dinosaurs. They're already cool. Like yeah. Littlefoot, man. It doesn't get any better than that. I think they even addressed that in the new one, or like the first of the Chris Pratt movies. Yeah. Like, when did dinosaurs not become cool? They're freaking awesome. Yeah. You need like interdimensional like dangly thing well i think you know the mega evolution was already pushing it but i do like mega evolutions i think it's actually pretty awesome but we don't need to step above that 
It's yeah. like it's like Dragon Ball Z Hyper where they go Ultra. Super Saiyan, then they go like Super Saiyan two, then they go like God Saiyan. It's like okay, we're seriously Akira Toriyama. Calm down. I actually like have a the cup new of tea. D- you know, I guess it's not DBZ, but you, Dragon Ball Super, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It had its quirks. I I just think there comes a point where it's like you can only milk something so Plus, far. Ultra Instinct looked freaking awesome where the udders are dry okay that's that's all i'm saying um so getting <laughs> back pokemon is getting there where yeah. the udders are the udders are real not dry there's powder anymore. coming out of the udders at <laughs> yeah. this point okay um yeah. but getting back to reverie um i really did enjoy it you know um it, i think it from an earthbound perspective infuses all kinds of charm and humor with the weapons you know instead of like your boomerangs and bow and arrow you have a nerf gun and yo-yo um instead of a sword you have a cricket ballot uh that you know it's just really pretty funny stuff um there's side quests you can interact with all the townspeople they'll kind of send you off on the, all these like little fun quests it's it's just a really charming game you can get it on ps vita or um playstation 4 you can download it for about 12 bucks and it's it is more than worth worth that asking price i'd really encourage anyone out there that has either of those systems to pick it up the last thing that i spent the bulk of my week playing um, in between, you know, Dark Cloud and Reverie were um, was the Super Nintendo Classic. So this is a little console that you know Nintendo. Um, they, they of course originally um, released the Nintendo NES Classic, which had a slew of original Nintendo games, and then shortly thereafter they announced the Super Nintendo Classic, which um, the NES is a system that I don't have a, a tremendous amount of nostalgia for. My dad had an NES back in the day with. Mario and Duck Hunt, Mario 3, and Golf, and Tecmo Super Bowl. And I played those games quite a bit when I was very young, um, but it wasn't like, you know, I was, I was you know, eight, nine years old where I could greatly appreciate the console. And the Super Nintendo, we kind of skipped that generation, went straight to the N64. And so, um, you know, in passing over the years, I played some of the virtual console games, whether it's, you know, Super Mario World or the Game Boy Advance um, ports and things like that. But this, this amazing, adorable little miniature console, you know, put 21, 22, however many games it is, of kind of like the um, the greatest hits of the Super Nintendo. And to be able to have all of that in one cohesive package is so convenient and so great. And so I've been enjoying playing this week, you know, Super Mario World, Star Fox, some of the greatest music and video games. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that I modded the console, so I added about 30 to 40 other random games Um on the system, so I played Mickey Mouse and the Great Circus Mystery, which is a really terrific little colorful platformer where you play as Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, and uh, Super Star Wars, which is probably one of the hardest games on the console. It's so punishing, but the music is is outstanding. Um, really great, you know, reimaginings of you know, of course, John Williams' amazing um, soundtrack, um, but just so freaking difficult. Um, the game that I've enjoyed most, though that I never really played. You know, when I originally got my Game Boy Advance SP, my dad actually got us, my sister and I both, this limited edition, I'm so ashamed to say that I sold this back in the day, um, to get, like, whatever I ended up selling it for, I don't remember. Um, But he got us the limited edition lime green Game Boy Advance SP that was packaged with copies of Donkey Kong Country. Well, I told my dad, because he told me in advance, like, Rusty, is this the system you want leading into Christmas? I said, yes. So he got my sister both of those, but I said, Dad, I don't really want that game. I want Pokemon Sapphire. Yeah. And Sarah wanted Pokemon Ruby. And so that's what he ended up getting us. He sold the copies of Donkey Kong Country at his local store to kind of help fund, you know, yeah. um, Sapphire and Ruby. So I never played it. Until 
this weekend, and my gosh, is that one of the best platformers, 2D platformers. Is that the one you were ranting about when I got yeah, here? Yeah. You were just swearing up a storm. Oh, okay, I wasn't swearing up a storm. I was just, just shooting those barrels. Yeah, so there's like... I was swearing up you a know, storm. You know, you all you fine folks out there that have played Donkey Kong Country, you know like the fourth or fifth you know, level that you get in there and you have to, you jump into a barrel and it's like moving and there's like a freaking like bumblebee in the middle and there's other barrels that are moving on the other side and you have to time it perfectly to shoot out of the barrel and get into the next and then you you have to do it like a gazillion times before you reach the end of the level and in donkey kong country you don't necessarily just get to you know press start and save anywhere you want Mm -hmm. you have to progress through um five or six levels to get to candy kong and then she'll allow you to jump into her really weird she really says, long "Why legs. don't you jump into my barrel and save your game or something really?" The save like that. barrel, or the whatever. save barrel, yeah, and uh, yeah. So you know, each Very world, I think there's like, yeah, she was just jiggle physics out the wazoo. <laughs> um, so I think there's six worlds in Donkey Kong Country, and so you only get to save once in each world. So you have to beat, you know, five to six levels, whatever it is, before you get to save. Um, so in that regard, it can be pretty difficult, but. Man, the music in these games is, it's its just sublime. I don't know how else to describe it. It really is terrific. And um, especially, you guys know, all you, all you know, the underwater world, oh, man. The music is like, I can't even, I can't even replicate the, the awesomeness yeah, of it. You do any of that justice. No, not at all. It's, you know, it's like trying to... Uh, hum like Beethoven's symphony or something like that. Just, you can't, wow. do, you can't do you that. Very different side of the spectrum. <laughs> They're basically the same thing. Okay. Donkey Kong country soundtrack. Um, no, but I've been enjoying it greatly and I'll probably have more impressions next week. I only got through the first world, um, uh, but that alone was, was enough for me to, um, your first save barrel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, cause I, I didn't want to keep playing cause we were hanging out last night and I knew you if, went to the Lion King after that. Oh yeah. I freaking forgot about that. Yeah. We're talk about swearing. That was when I was swearing up a storm. Yeah. Okay, so the first level, heads. the first level, it's fine. You're a little baby Simba. You're you're hopping on bugs and beetles, and then you have to fight the hyena. Not a problem. Then you get to the freaking I can't wait to be king level when you're like jumping on giraffes' heads. Your rhinos are flinging you around. Same with monkeys riding ostriches. Then you ride the ostrich. That freaking ostrich section of the level is downright impossible okay i feel so bad for the five six seven eight year old kids back in the the 90s that got because you know when you're you're that age you're getting like two maybe three games a year yeah. your birthday christmas and uh i don't know well, you labor day like a dark souls of lion king game it really is it's so punishing and you know there's this one section where it's like okay you jump fine not a problem then you duck okay not not a problem then the double jump the freaking double jump people it's look it up on the internet it's it's just insane um i'm getting way too heated yeah when they look it up it'll be like someone clearing it on their first on like 30 seconds speed running the entire game in like oh my gosh 20 minutes i want to watch a speed run because it'd be fascinating because um it would take so so much patience patience and so much grinding to be able to perfect because, I mean, the, the timed button presses there, like, you have to be, like, perfectly on point. Otherwise, you die. And um, speaking of speedrunning, I was watching a YouTube, like, um, speedrun of a Yu-Gi-Oh! game. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
towards the end of the speed run, he got exodiaed and just lost. Oh, that'd like, be the depressing. Final battle or whatever. Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and I was just like, oh, gosh, that that must suck because it was like thirteen and a half hours into the speed. Oh run my gosh! And just got exodiaed. Can you imagine? That's why, like, I couldn't imagine speed running anything more than a game that the world records like. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So I'm going to be takes like an hour. I'm going to be shooting for like 45. Like if you're doing a glitchless run, no glitches, you know, cause you can be Ocarina of time in like eight, five minutes or something with glitches. Yeah. But no glitches. It's like three hours or so. Like I'd be okay doing something like that, but a game like final fantasy 13, where the, the, the average speed run is going to run you eight, nine, like Pete's running dark cloud. Like the fact that that took him eight and a half hours, you Does make one pause. No, he just goes. Is he straight. just zero hydration? Well, so no, he's drinking water the whole time. But if there's like a cut scene that he can't skip or fast forward through, that's like thirty seconds long, he's like, poof, he shoots back, shoots back in. You don't have time to wash your hands. That's man. efficient. They'll just sanitize the controller afterwards. You just got to. That's gotta, actually very gross. <laughs> you, <laughs> you just got to go, man. Um, seriously, yeah, no pun intended. You just got to go. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'd have the patience for that, or the, really the desire, like. Yeah, anything with that much like RNG involved in your speed run, I don't yeah. think I could do. Anything like skill bait actually, I don't even think I would enjoy speed running at all. Yeah, you know, Simba's Mighty Adventure, which is a completely different game than the Super Nintendo game. Excuse me. Um, it's on the PlayStation One and the Game Boy Color. I think I could speed run the the PlayStation One game, and I actually might when I start on Twitch because I beat it pretty easily in forty minutes, and the speed run is like. 20, 20, 25 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, could, like I could easily shave that off. Yeah. Cause I mean, I was like casually running through, you know, not in any, any kind of hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were certain times where I could easily jump across certain platforms faster than I had done. What's so. the incentive to speed run? What's the point? Personal satisfaction, really. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, the your own challenge or your yeah. personal challenge. Yeah. I mean, it's just like why, why PR in lifting, you know? It's that per- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that personal satisfaction. It's like, oh yeah, I achieved this. It's a goal. Okay. It's I, I you know, concept. I I grinded for this. Yeah. So I think it's just like anything else, you know? Okay. Different strokes for different folks. Um, but yeah, so that's all I played this week. I don't I really don't think I'll have much impressions next week for anything other than uh well, if I can beat the freaking Dark Cloud boss, I don't foresee that. We're doing happening. that after this. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe. I gotta edit the podcast tonight, man. Um you can upload it at a different time. No, because Which Travis is more important. Travis will be disappointed in me. Uh, okay. Well, it's he's excited for Mondays, right? Tomorrow's a Tuesday. That's right. So we already beat his or lost to his expectations. That's of right. Monday. Yeah, the bar's already been just he's shattered. Just so, um, <laughs> so if there's no bar, we have to like reestablish the bar, which is going to be low. Yeah. So we meet expectations. <laughs> I like the way you think, Ryan. Yeah. See, that's why you're my co-host. That's how you exceed. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, but enough of games we've been playing recently. We got it. We got some questions this week. Uh, before I get into the the lengthy one that we actually got in our, our Gmail, if you want to write into the show, questions, feedback, anything that makes the show better, it is Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. All right, yeah. write in. Really appreciate everyone that writes into the show. All right, so if you want to actually, you know, some last minute questions, you know, you don't want to write in a long book of a an email. Um, follow my Instagram. Ari Lewis, 2011, same as my Twitter. And uh, usually Friday nights, I will post a uh, one of those question things where I'll just say, like, write in or questions for episode so-and-so. And you can just write, like, a 
I don't even know the limit, but maybe 10 to 15 word question, just super quick. And Ryan and I can kind of just, uh, you know, lightning round, go through them, makes it fun. So we got some people to write in this week. Uh, my cousin, who I think is like 12, I, I don't even know. He says, uh, I know this isn't a question. <laughs> you don't know his age and you're just like referencing him. He's like, ah. Yeah. No, but he said, um, this is Brayden. He says, hello. Uh, dude, I remember holding this young guy when he was like first born. It's crazy. Time flies. Um, he says, I know this isn't a question, but hey, Rusty, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, uh, unsurprisingly, he says, my go-to video game is Fortnite. <laughs> it's just like, don't be a part of the stereotype, Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a part of the system. Yeah. Um, then Benny, Throw it on the ground. Benny writes in, he says, uh, how have you guys been? Pretty freaking terrible, Ben, because I got a Dalmatian snow globe stolen right from under my feet, basically. I've been good, though. Yeah, Ryan's good. He makes up for the both of us. Yeah. Um, but he says, keep up the amazing work. So I appreciate Thanks. the feedback, Benny. I really do. Um, we got two more from our man Alec writes in, he says, have you guys ever been interested in playing D and D, you know, meaning Dungeons and Dragons Ryan to you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I feel like it'd be fun. I don't know where you'd even begin. Or, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's an undertaking and from watching, um, oh, what's that Netflix series where the D and D, um, oh, Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you have to do a lot of prep because they were in the basement for like nine hours. Yeah. I think it usually goes. I think it'd be easier of an undertaking than it seems, but the commitment to playing would require you to put in the hours, you know? Yeah. I have no idea how it works. But at the same time, it's like risk. Rolled, okay. Yeah. You know how to play risk. It's really not that difficult. There's some risk involved. I, I've never played it, but. Have you really never played? I mean, I understand the pun joke, but like. Yeah. You... No, I've never really played it. Okay, I just well, figured there's risk. Well, risk is a game that it's not too terribly challenging to understand. Was it the military game? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I played that one. But similar to Monopoly, it takes like seven weeks to actually get through a game. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, um, and I exaggerate, of course, but I feel like D&D would be the same. Like, it's not too difficult to understand, but pretty significant commitment if you do want to sit down. But dude, that'd be so fun. I don't know how the die work. Because there's like 40-sided die. Do we figure it out. I mean, if you, myself, we got Lauren, maybe Deanna... Ben, Rick and Ben. ben would, Rick and Ben, if they're around. They're game for whatever. Calvin, we see around here yeah. just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably less game. He, he, we could dress him up. He'd be like the Demogorgon. Yeah. <laughs> Supposable thumbs can't really roll down. For reference to people that don't know, uh, I have a little teacup Yorkie. He's about five pounds. His name's Calvin. Uh, I got him in high school. I named him after Calvin Calvin Hobbes. I always wanted to get a second dog named Hobbes, but we never got around to it. And uh, Calvin, he's up there. I can see him walking. He just walked past. Um He's getting ready to kick the bucket, so... Um, yeah, maybe you can get a Hobbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. Calvin's got a That's few more... That's a little too dumb. Calvin's got a few more years in him. Uh, Alec also writes in, he says... Wait, you didn't ask, answer the question. Or you said... I said yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Favorite guilty pleasure can be food, TV, a game, <laughs> or music. Oh, gosh. I, I fear Ryan's I'm answer. I was, I'm trying to think of, like... If my first response was not podcast appropriate, how about you go? Okay. <laughs> um, food, you know, if I'm sitting there on a Friday night, um, Lauren's out with a girlfriend or she's, even if she's, you know, around and her and I are just chilling and I'm playing games, um, I'd love to uh, get a box of Mike and Ike's and mm -hmm. uh, like a six pack of Coors Light and uh, maybe some tortilla chips. Um, yeah, I'm not. You don't. It doesn't take much to please me. They're not I get, like guilty pleasures, uh, but those are like go tos for me. Uh, as far as TV or movies, I'm actually a really big rom com fan. 
Um, you know, I grew up, you know, which my, one's your favorite romantic comedy? Yes. 13 going on 30 okay. with Jennifer Gardner. Jennifer Gardner, when I saw that movie and every day after has been my celebrity crush. So Jennifer I am like, Gardner. I am so excited to see Peppermint on Friday. That one looks great. Yeah, dude. That's Jennifer that's Gardner. Oh, okay. I know who she is. Kind yeah. Of by that um, trailer. And it's, it's baffling that I have not gone back and watched Alias because she was kind of like an undercover agent cop type of thing with all these different personas. You know, mm-hmm. she dressed up as all kinds of crazy different people. Yeah. Um, I think The Notebook is overrated. I think I really like the, um, was it the, oh, shoot, uh, Ryan Reynolds and... Um, the Proposal. Yeah, The Proposal. With Sandra Bullock. Yeah, that mm-hmm. one was good because yeah. Ryan Reynolds is a man. Yeah. And um, they have a really cute... Um, Samoya dog. Oh, do they? Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that. Um, and then there was the wedding date, I think. That oh, fun. that's with Jennifer Lopez and uh, Ralph Fiennes, a guy from uh, Voldemort, speaking of Harry Potter. Is it? Yeah, look it up. I bet it is. Wedding date. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I think for me, a guilty pleasure is just rom-coms. I grew up with my sister and my mom constantly, you know, wanting to rent those types of movies when we go to the rental, you know, like Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. And uh, so for me, uh, yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit it. You know, I think especially being married, it's we're not always going to be watching Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone action flicks. So you gotta you gotta mix it up. So big fan. You got it over there. Yeah. Wedding date. Ralph Fiennes. Or Fiennes. No. Yeah, it is. Demont Mulry. Morani. Get out of here. No, it's or is not. Was that his character, Nick Mercer? Maybe I'm thinking of Made in Manhattan. Because Jennifer Lopez had like a series of like this rom-coms. Guy. Him. Oh, the wedding date. Hold on a second. Are you sure you're looking at the wedding date? That's Maid of Honor. That's with no, the... No, 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 Look at this. Wedding date. This guy. That's not Voldemort. Voldemort was also in the... Um, oh, what is it? The James oh, Bond movie. That's not even... Um, that's not even J-Lo. Who is that lady? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Some random girl. Yeah, because I think uh, uh, Maid Manhattan, she's like, of course, a maid um, in Manhattan. <laughs> and uh, I think she like... Spoiler Yeah, <laughs> I think Ralph Fiennes is like the mayor or something, and he like, you know, walks past her and, you know, love at first sight type of deal. Is that the one where he rescues her from a car? Like, she almost gets hit by a car? Maybe, dude. There's so many. They, they all, you know, blend they together all eventually. They plot points. Uh, speaking of J-Lo, have you ever seen uh, Enough? Enough. Yeah, I'll know in a second. There's like, is it you know, a movie? Yeah. So she basically has this little girl, and she's married to this guy who's just a, a, a really bad guy, and he, you know, beats her up and all these kinds of crazy things. So then, you no, know, I off the record, not. starts taking like these self defense classes, and uh, let's just say that the last 15 minutes are pretty epic. It's got a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so do a lot of movies that are great, you know? Um, yeah, like. Um Infinity War. Yeah, I think the Page Master. See, see what the Page Master has on. Page Master. Rotten Tomatoes. Movie. Seventeen percent. Yeah, exactly. That movie is freaking amazing. So get out of here. I've never get out of here. Rotten this. Tomatoes. Uh, yeah, maybe. Macaulay Culkin is finest. What about Land Before Time? Okay, well, yeah. Actually, I think that actually has like a ninety percent of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it better. I really think it does. I think I looked at it the other day. 70%. I wonder which one this is. Probably the first one. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's Chomper. Oh, that's, that's like a... That's the later that's one. That's like the fourth like, or fifth one. 
Okay, I wonder what this... Land Before Time. This better be the one with that, like, magical flower to save, save Grandpa. That's, like, the third one. That's the first one. No, it's not. What's the first one? Um, It's just, like... like it's just called The Land Before Time. This one's... They're all called Land Come Before Time. Come on, let's go and run, 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 run. No. Got a beautiful feeling. Something, something, something. That's the first one. Okay. Okay, Wait, I, I need so. to answer the question, but I will look up. <laughs> we a got so far off base. Plot of land. I don't know if I can look it up on this computer. Wait, what are we look? What are we searching for? Plot of land before time one. I'll look this up between our next when we take our next break. Clippity cloppity over there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Patches of the Let's horse. See. Dinosaur orphaned after his mother perishes. Wow, spoilers. Well, yeah, of course. Protecting He's with his grandparents. Bears, carnivores. Going to the Great Valley. Yeah, it's just called like the Great Valley. Littlefoot says Fable Land. Friends along the way. Wow. Because he gets like separated from his grandparents. Tracked he- by a killer dinosaur that mortally wounded his Ah, so they're running away from the T Rex that killed his mom. Okay. What happened? Oh, I didn't know that. I started with the f- I don't know if I've ever seen that. You've seen the first lane before time. I hope I did. It's on Netflix. Is it? Yeah. Okay, well, after I finish um, what I'm watching now, I'll have to watch this one. You know the, I think I told you about this, but I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, that Ducky, the childhood actor, yeah. her father killed her. Oh. Yeah, and his wife at the time. That's sad. Did yeah. she change voices? Um, I'm, well, I'm yeah, guessing. They, the most recently before Time movie came out like three or, three years ago. When they made, Really? Like, They're still cranking them out? Oh, yeah. And I think she died in like ninety or something like that. That's really sad. early nineties. Yeah, I think he was so like he. I can't remember what he did to them, but I know he like allowed their bodies to stay in the house for a while, and I think he burned them alive or something like just insane. And then he like, I think That's he a ended, sad twist. I think he killed movie. himself. Like it's just as if those movies aren't depressing enough. Yeah, well, this starts out the plot point: the mom dies, and then yep, yep, yep. You know, Ducky herself yeah. just what a tragic ending. And singing about deep, 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 deep water. All the best. The, probably the best song in all of those yeah, movies. I, that one's still always stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, um, what was the question that I was going to answer? Uh, that's a good question. Guilty pleasure. Good question to your question. Uh, favorite guilty pleasure can be food, TV, game, or music. I don't know. I think my guilty pleasure is generally food related. Um, I had a really long week. And I was victorious in some presentations on Here we Thursday. go with the victory food. <laughs> yeah, victory food is generally I'm just kidding. That's good. good stuff. Um, yes, and plus I'm on a diet right now, or I've been on a diet for like three months. So having a victory You look food, good, man. Thanks. I'm like 20 pounds down in three months. So that's good. I still have like 30 to go. But um, my guilty pleasure is probably B-dubs. Oh, yeah. So Caribbean jerk... Like, it was Boneless Thursdays. I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. And they honor that when you call in. So I got some Caribbean jerk with some ranch, and then I had, like, a rum and Coke, and I just, I think I watched Netflix or something. Yeah. But that's, yeah, just some mindless stuff with some I would really correct you food. to say that I think B-dub should be a pleasure of yours, not a guilty pleasure. Uh... <laughs> it was like fifteen hundred calories worth of wings. Yeah, you, you like you like chicken wings, man. Who doesn't? Okay. Yeah, but I do it really seldomly. I'm just saying, you got to treat yourself every once in a while. Oh, I did. Yeah, I treated the crap out of myself, and that's a good thing every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, so as long as you're not doing it like you know, like seven days a week. 
Yeah, it's actually they're really expensive if you don't go on one of those nights, like either Tuesdays for. Yeah, isn't like a snack like ten ninety nine or something like that? Yeah, or, it's stupid. Yeah, I think if I get the amount of wings, I really. That's want. why you got to go to the bar that you know, our mainstay, Lauren, my dad, and myself. Yeah. Uh, first of all, they know exactly what I want when I go in there. But Caribbean jerk is the flavor that they don't have, and that with ranch is really freaking good. You got a little bit of tang, you got a little bit of spice. And yeah, you but the see, ranch you go coolness. for for the company. You got to go for like you go for the atmosphere. The atmosphere of this place, plus all the bartenders know who we are. Um, yeah. They hook they hook Lauren up I don't with know the if Jack Daniels T shirt. You know, it's, you know, it, was, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, it's so bad. So um, I typically go there like on Wednesdays or Fridays with my dad. Uh-huh. And so. After work one day, and I went home, I showered, changed and everything, and I got in my car, and my my phone uh, on Maps, you know, the, the application? Yeah. Automatically sent you there? Said, like, eight minutes to get to the so-and-so. I was just like, I might need to reevaluate my <laughs> <Yeah>. life. <laughs> it's, you see it's Wednesday. You see it's about this time. Yeah, my phone just knows. Like, how creepy is that? That's awesome, actually. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my gosh. It's like I've been here I'm enough. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, it's like I've been here enough. I don't need maps <laughs> to, to tell me where to go. But uh, yeah. but yeah. So let's get into the. Uh, thanks, Alec. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Brayden. I think that was the only people that wrote in uh, on Instagram. But again, follow me on Instagram for uh, you know last minute questions, and I usually capture really just stupid stuff that Lauren and I do. That's kind of fun sometimes. Um, so yeah, check that out. Anyways, Sean, good. Uh, co-worker from the previous company that I worked at uh, says, I think he's written in before, like earlier on, Mm -hmm. and he's actually was the first person that wrote a review for us on iTunes. Oh, nice. Yeah, so thanks, Sean. He says, hey, guys, I'm still digging the podcast very much. It makes driving to work on Monday a little easier. Well, again, we shattered the expectations. It's going to be Tuesday tomorrow. (laughs) All right. He says, I really enjoyed part one of the 90s podcast. It brought, look at Calvin up there. Chilling. Hey, buddy. Come down. Hey, come on. We're over here. Uh, he says, I, I really enjoyed part one of the 90s podcast. It brought back a ton of memories from my elementary school days. I wanted to share some additional 90s things that I had fond memories of growing up. Forgive me if any of these are actually from the early 2000s. I just remember them from growing up, and I was born in 92. Shrinky Dinks being the first item. He says, I used to draw the Simpsons characters and bring them to school back in the day. Um, also, the jingle has never escaped me, and watch your Shrinky Dink... <laughs> I, when I read this, I um, I totally remember like the commercials on like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon for these. Are these the thing you put in water and they expand? No, those are like uh, like some kind of foam thing. But it, it says uh, also the jingles never escape me and watch your shrinky dink shrink and let the fun begin. Um, I'm sure that there's like a melody to to those yeah. words, um, but I can't remember. I still have deep, 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 deep water. Yeah, stuck in my head. but I do remember Shrinky Dinks. Connects. I can't believe I forgot these. Yeah, remember those? I do remember those. Um, he says I was definitely a Lego kid, but I had a Connects battery powered Ferris wheel. That I was, did have that one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, my friend had that too. That was so cool. Yeah, that was. Connects really, were like a hardcore Lego. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, my friend, I don't know if this was Connects, but Scott. Um, my buddy that introduced me to most N64 games had like this um, this roller coaster thing. It was like, from what I can recall, it was like green and purple and like gray. And it may have been out made out of connects. I feel like it was because it certainly wasn't Legos. And it was also battery powered. And I just remember, you know, you, all, you had like these little people and these like little carts that, you know, you know, chugged up this like giant hill and then went down like this crazy yes. elaborate track. Do you have that up on your computer? Yeah, these like that. 
that we're um, looking at? There's a Ferris wheel. That's intense. I don't remember. It was like... I want to say it was like Scream or something, because I feel like the people, when it went down the hill, like screamed or something. Okay. Wait, what's that right there? This? Yeah, that's it right there. Check that out. Freaking ridiculous. Yep, that's it. That's it. Connect screaming serpent thing. Yeah. yeah. I bet someone out there listening knows what we're, we're talking about. That thing was awesome. Holy crap. Yeah, dude, it was huge. What is this? Oh, that's just... That's intense. Yeah. He's probably at MIT Teenager right constructs now. a roller coaster <laughs> from Connects or 25,000. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. Yikes. Um, this next thing is actually amazing. I cannot believe I forgot about these. Mini green alien toys. Yeah. Oh, He's, were they like blue green? Yeah. Dude, check it out. Let me bring it up. He says, or no, look it up on your, he get, put a, posted a bunch of pictures in here too. He says, I don't know if these had an official name, but if you had one of these um, on the recess yard, you were highly sought after. Out of this world alien. These were literally 25 or 50 cents and like came these? from those. Yeah, exactly. Um, and came from those gumball machines at movie theaters. Yes. yes. He said, I would make my dad drive me to the different movie theaters <laughs> so I could collect more of these. That's amazing. I love it, Sean. Um, this next thing, I actually have a story with. This is awesome. I love it. Nickelodeon Gas. I used to watch Nick Gas all the time, specifically Legends of the Hidden, <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple and Guts. Do, do, do you have it? Like, I had this crazy jingle. Double Dare. Don't know if you remember these at all, but they were beyond epic. No, I 100% remember this. And you know what, Sean? Legends of the Hidden Temple was freaking rigged, man. If you were like ahead in the competition, every single time the little tiki man jumped out and halted you in your tracks and you didn't win the prize. Garbage. What's, what's Nickelodeon Ap- gas? Is it like a thing? It was like a Nickelodeon game show. Ah. So there was, um, oh gosh, what was the final thing in Guts? There was that giant like volcano thing that you had to climb. Check it, look that up, Ryan. I can't remember what that thing was called. But anyway, so what my buddies and I used to do back in the day, I think I say back in the day, but there was a um, a Nickelodeon like revival channel that basically played all like the classic Nick stuff. And uh, oftentimes it literally just replayed like old episodes of Legends of the Hidden Temple, Double Dare and Guts. And uh, it was so great to see like all the, the boys have like those mushroom haircuts because of course it was the 90s. What we do is we'd be in my buddy's basement and uh, we'd get, you know, Mike sells or Mike sells potato chips, you know, two bite brownies. We had like those mini soda cans, like the Dr. Peppers, your Pepsis and all that kind of stuff. We would sit there for hours and play Payday, Scrabble, and and watch this. This was the same summer that the the World Cup was going on. Mm -hmm. This must have been uh, 2010-ish. Yeah, because 2018 was the most recent World Cup. Every what, four years? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I am not a soccer person. Uh, I'm a pretty big fan. So, um, yeah, that same summer, you know, we kind of tag team, whether it was World Cup games or freaking Nick Gas, man. That was good stuff. Um, He goes, did you look up the... Is this like the Tower of Doom thing like this? Yeah, what's that called? Um, I don't know if it has a name. Oh, it totally does. It has a name. I'm sure uh, Comeback Kid or, or Sean are probably like yelling it at their their uh, holy crap. their iPhone or something right now. Yeah, I definitely had a name. I just can't remember what it's called. Uh, fruit roll ups and fruit by the Craig. foot. Yes. What would you say? Agro Crag. Yeah. It doesn't sound right, but it, the Crag piece of it sounds right. That's what it says on here. Okay. That could be completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it was something along those lines. Fruit roll ups and fruit by the foot. 
enough said. Good stuff. Yes. Calvin and Hobbes, he said, I used to read these comics all the time growing up. I would go to Borders or Barnes & Noble and read through these for hours on end. I also convinced my mom to buy, uh, to buy me some of these books here and there, and I started growing a pretty substantial collection. If you haven't read Calvin and Hobbes, I highly recommend it. Well, you know, as I previously said, uh, little Calvin running around, he's just chilling over there on the blanket. I named him after Calvin, so uh, there you go, Sean, if that tells you how much I love the comic. Yes, yes. He ends the email saying, also, I think hit clips is what Rusty was referring to in the previous episode. I found a picture, and I also remember having this tiny jukebox growing up. That's it, right there. Uh, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Baha uh, Men. Oh, uh, yeah. That's interesting. Britney Spears. Yeah, they were cool. They had, like, one little song on them. They were really neat. Um, I'm sure there's a ton more in the depths of my memory, but these popped out as fond memories from my childhood. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks, Sean. P.S. Here we go. Making me not look like a complete idiot. That's good. My neighbor also didn't know how to get out of Ash's room in Pokemon Red when we were growing up. So you're not alone, Rusty. Okay. <laughs> so thank you yeah. for restoring Tease my... company. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh. Appreciate it, Sean. No, thank you for writing in. I love... It, this is what it's all about right here. I was hoping that, you know, with our 90s episode that it would just reinvoke all those memories from your childhood and um, feel free, you know, moving on, moving forward. If any of you have other memories or just really good stories, write into the show. I'd love to read them on air. It's just so fun to reminisce about the nineties. It's just a, it's a great time to be alive. So, so thanks, Sean. I really appreciate it. Again, you can write into the show at Ryan. What is it? I don't know. Otakubrothers.net.org.gov. <laughs> I gave you one chance, man. And I screwed it up. I don't know what it is. You know, it's Ota- your outro. Otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. I'm gonna ask cool. you next. I'm gonna ask you next time. I'm gonna botch it up again. <laughs> write, write it on your hand or something. But that's your assignment for next week. You better write it on your hand with permanent marker. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go over well at work. Yep. Uh, so let's get into the main topic of the show. We are going to talk about Harry Potter because it's something very near and dear to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, has been since, uh, gosh, whenever Sorcerer's Stone came out, uh, the book. What was that? Probably '98. Honestly. Yeah, I think it's before 2000. Um, I definitely did not read it when I was five years old. Yeah, I would yeah. have been five. There's no way I read it when I was five. For me, there's no way. Um, I yeah, I was probably like, probably wouldn't have been until third or fourth grade that I would have been able to. Yeah, read that. That's about right. And then um, I got my first cauldron, <laughs> and it was all downhill from yeah. there. Um, but yeah, so we kind of have a number of different subtopics that we want to kind of go through here and. Whether we get to everything, like previous episodes, remains to be seen. But I think we have a comprehensive list of things that we kind of want to go through, and uh, kind of like Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Same we're, we're yeah, exactly. We're kind of going through in a very similar manner, just uh, different fiction. So we want to kick it off, kind of going through. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This isn't fiction. This is real life. <laughs> yeah, it was an autobiography. <laughs> yeah. Okay, J.K. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a joke, but kind of like yeah. that's her name. So um, yeah, I know, I got that. Anyway, so let's get into the movie ranking. I think with Star Wars, you kind of went down your list, and then I went down mine. So yeah. let's just do it the same way. Okay. So what's your what's your order? So Goblet of Fire is my first. Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Wait, you're you're for real? Yeah. We're, we're talking books. Or are we talking movies? Movies. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, I, I read both the did books you, and movies. Okay. Do you have both lists? No, I just did one over comprehensive because they got into more stuff than they did obviously in the movies i just kind of did overall plot points okay yeah that's fair 
So it's kind of a combination of books and movies. Okay. A Goblet of Fire, Prisoner of Azkaban, Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Deathly Hollows, Order of the Phoenix, and then Half Blood Prince. Okay. Good deal. Yeah, because so, I know you didn't like the, uh, or as much as I did, the Goblet of Fire. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, I also want to preface this by saying that none of these movies are bad. I love all of them, and yeah. I happily watch through each and every single one of them. It's just like Lord of the Rings that I have an order for them, clearly. I, I have to. You know, they're not all on the same playing field as far as my enjoyment. So, wait, wait, wait. What is your order to the order the Lord of the Rings? Well, we're going to do a Lord of the Rings episode, so you'll have to wait for that. Okay, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Prisoner of Azkaban is number one. Um, Sorcerer's Stone is number two. Order of the Phoenix is number three. Really? Deathly Hollows, part two. Is number four. Oh, you did the other parts. Okay. Chamber of Secrets is five. Deathly Hallows Part One is six. Half Blood Prince is seven. Goblet of Fire is eight. Again, <laughs> yeah. When you said Goblet of Fire was your first, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> We're in like reverse order here. Um, but again, that's not to say I didn't like it. I just felt like some of the plot points were rushed. Others were drawn out. Um, I thought the Triwizard Tournament is like one of the greatest things ever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There was just, yeah, I don't want to get into the nitpicky things of it. Because um, I think one of your critiques was that the, um, the wizard, or what is it? The World Cups were too short. You didn't get us get to see a lot of Crumb. Yeah. His, and, his prime. and it's not like, yeah, that I wanted to see Crumb specifically, but. We all wanted to see yeah, more Crumb. Yeah, right, I do. <laughs> um, that balding, deep-voiced <laughs> yeah. Russian man. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. Yeah, no, but I think, uh, yeah, it's like they show up to the, the, you know, the, the what is it, Quidditch World Cup. Sorry, I was, like, thinking Triwizard, and then you got all these different yeah, things going no. on. Um, you know, they, they see Malfoy and, and Lucius there, and they, of course, you know, say, oh, we're going to be in the nosebleed seats or whatever. And they well, all, We also have spoilers, so spoilers for any Harry Potter Exactly, movie. if you haven't seen any them. Any plot point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're, they're in the stands cheering on Victor Crumb, and then the next scene they're in the tent just, like, you know, worshipping Victor Crumb. And it's just like, wait, we... We're not going to see like any part of the game. Like, I think that's a lot of expensive CGI for yeah. very little return on investment. And I totally get that. It's just, again, if I'm going to be nitpicky, I wanted to see more of that. Yeah, because I believe it's been, what, 10 plus years, but they do go into the actual tournament. Because do we see... I don't think we see Quidditch in any of the other movies. Yeah, I think one of the directors addressed that. It became less relevant. Yeah. We saw it in... One and two, both of them. Yeah, because the guy healed the floppy arm. Yeah, exactly, Gilroy. <laughs> That's what they're calling it nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I think they did in one of the later ones. They well, did they're... Goblet of Fire because they had, or no, no, no that was just no, a broom. I mean, they, they he rode the broom in almost every film. Yeah. Um, certainly in Deathly Hallows Part 2, um, there's some pretty extensive broom riding. Crap, it's been a while. Order of the Phoenix... That's actually one of my favorite scenes, so we're not going to go into that yet. Um, but there's broom riding in that as well, uh-huh. um, but not Quidditch specific. Yeah, so um, you just want more brooms I want and more, more broom bludgers. Riding, and man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, uh, yeah, I would have liked more of that in the movie. Um, you can only see some guy grabbing a snitch so Okay, we're, there's been way too much sexual innuendo <laughs> this, this episode. We're, no, we're no, mo- no, 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 that's serious, yeah. Okay, I mean. we're moving on. Um, so I guess, you know, it, it's tough to get into... The specifics. Uh, oh, I guess why is Goblet of Fire your number one? Let's just go into that. I think the Triwizard Tournament is, and I guess this, 
Voldemort coming back and all of that is such a big turning point in the series. Before that, it was just kind of not that the first three were rising action or filler, but it's kind of the turning point in the series. Mm-hmm. You have the Quidditch World Cup, which is big. You have the um, uh, this what is it? Death Eaters mark at the end of that, which was mm-hmm. pretty cool. I think that's the first time you see that. Um, but then you go through and Voldemort does his spell and he comes back in his snake form and yeah. just such a turning point of the series. Now, has it been confirmed that the Python that Harry released in the first movie was Nagini? I, I think it was. I think. Yeah. Not 100% sure. I know I looked it up a long time ago. Yeah. I bet Travis would know because him and Kara are like let's, huge let's Google. Harry Potter That's what fans. Google's for. Yeah. Um, so I'll go into like Prisoner of Azkaban. I think I can distinctly recall going to the theater to watch this movie. And, you know, as you were saying, Ryan, four, I think, completely embraced the darkness of the series. Mm-hmm. I think three was kind of the introduction of that darkness. I mean, certainly Chamber yeah. of Secrets, there were some dark overtones, certainly with, um, you know, him speaking parcel tongue, parcel tongue, however the heck. Parcel tongue. Yeah, however you pronounce it. Um, and just blood on the walls and all that kind of stuff. But I think with... Um, you know, the Death Eaters, or not the Death Eaters, um, the Dementors. False. It's false. It's false, okay. Yeah, it was proven false, yeah. He's um, a type of viper, while the snake in the zoo was a cobra. Okay. Um, wow, okay. But, uh, but you know, with Prisoner of Azkaban, with the Dementors and everything, yeah. and um, plus, you know, you had a new director, you had a new Dumbledore. It was just a much, it was a drastic turn for, I think, the series. Because um, the old Dumbledore died. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm kind of glad that the new Dumbledore came on because I feel like the, you know, the original, I think was perfect in a sense that he was almost ancient looking and even his voice was very almost like, almost just like fading. Like he was just, you could tell he was very old and he was just, his voice was very calm and just soft. But I think this guy, it's like Michael something rather, um, that played the new Dumbledore. I feel like he was more nimble. He was able, it was more realistic for him, especially in Order of the Phoenix when he fought Voldemort, mm-hmm. for him to be moving around and casting these spells. I don't think, um, from a physical standpoint, that the other guy who played Dumbledore could have performed that yeah. very well, or it wouldn't have made sense. Um, but yeah, so as, as far as Prisoner of Azkaban went, you know, as far as introducing that new darkness, um, we'll, you know, we'll get into our favorite characters, but Sirius Black is is one of my, if not favorite characters in all of Harry Potter. Um, you know, he was introduced to this movie where, um, you know, I actually didn't read the book until after seeing the movie okay. um, for Prisoner of Azkaban. So I went into the movie thinking that he was a bad person. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that revelation towards the end of the film was really um, kind of a punch in the gut for me and a drastic, you know, change in my actual, like, love of the character, you know, yeah. and how he was really Harry's only remaining family, you know. Um, and the music in 3 also, I think, is my favorite in the series, especially in the beginning when um, they're having that introductory meal and all of the choirs, like, singing with those giant toads. Yeah. That song is just so... It's just phenomenal. I just love it. It, I just feel like 3 has such a drastic... Um, it's just so different than the other soundtracks. I mean, was Cleveland the director for the second or the third one? Because I think he was for not, the first. Two. No, no, no. So it was um, Columbus. Chris, Chris Columbus, Columbus was one and two. Not Cle- I don't know. 
<laughs> He's named after a city. It was Cincinnati, dude. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Dayton? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Oh man. That's really bad. Yeah, it's horrible. I should like I should honestly bleep that out. That was so bad. No, I'm just kidding. I'm leaving it in. We don't edit on this podcast, folks. We yeah. throw it all. It's raw audio, man. Yeah. Um No Columbus <laughs> was the first two, and then David Yates, I think, took over for three. Um and did some of the films thereafter. I can't remember um, who directed all of the films, you know, after uh, subsequent yeah. to three. But, um, but yeah, it, it just had a different tone from the other movies, and I just really enjoyed it. Um, I think the maturity of the actors themselves helped with the, the movie, um, just their dialogue, and um, I think they kind of came into their own as their characters. I think one and two, they were still, they were just young. You know, you yeah. couldn't, you know, um, judge them for their acting abilities. They were still learning. And I think three, they really came into their own and the movie was just perfect in my eyes. Yeah. I loved it. Um, yeah. That's why I put it as number two for basically the same reasons. Yeah. I think, you know, Sorcerer's Stone for me is really special just because it was the first. I also remember going to see it with my dad in the theater. Um, and seeing him so young and then getting the letters. And I, I just, think it's so special for us too. you know, growing up alongside them. Yeah. Because they're, just you know, with similar ages, plus or you know, minus like two or three years uh, with us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, each of the three main characters. So it's kind of cool to, as they were going through puberty, we were kind of like you know going through puberty. Our voices were changing. I always wanted to be Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It never happened. There's a few uh, yeah, issues with that happening. <laughs> yeah. um, We'd have some very magical issues. <laughs> <for that. laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we. Uh, what do you want to talk about as far as like the ranking of these movies? I don't even know how to go go about this. I don't know. Uh, we, I mean, as far as favorite plot points, we talk about. We'll, talk we'll about be that talking later. about that. So I think that'll kind of reinforce kind of our movie list. Why we like like particular movies more than the others. We can head into uh, which house we'd think we'd want to be, or which we'd probably be sorted into. Yeah, go for it. Because I know. So if you remember the Star Wars episode, and if not, I really <laughs> encourage you guys go back and listen to this. This was um, the Force is strong with this one. I think it was Episode Two. Um, Ryan and I, similar as we'll talk about for the house that we'll be in, we talked about whether we would be a Jedi or a Sith Lord. And Ryan kind of talked about the tenants of the, each. The tenants of each. And so he's going to kind of do the same for each house to kind of yeah. what you know what makes the most sense for, for us. So first off, with Gryffindor, everyone's kind of favorite because Harry Potter's in that one. Um, so the qualities for that house are brave, loyal, courageous, adventurous, daring, and chivalrous. Which is cool, kind of explain or describes most of the characters. Um, Ravenclaw is wisdom, intelligence, creativity, um, cleverness, and knowledge. Hufflepuff, they're known for being the nice house, um, just sparing people's feelings and being kind. And then Slytherin um, is cunning, prideful, resourceful, ambitious, intelligent, and determined. Okay. Um, so as far as this list. I mean, I'd, I'd probably be a Ravenclaw. I was going to say the same. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't, I think Ravenclaw was the name, the last name of the founder of the house, but the symbol's actually an eagle. Yeah, I think it was the case for uh, for all of them. It was like Salazar, Siddle, yeah. Slytherin, but Godric, Gryffindor. But it pisses me off that her name is Ravenclaw, and you want to give the symbol of a raven, but it's an eagle. Rowena, Rowena Ravenclaw, and then Helga Hufflepuff. Yeah, are, yeah, and then Godric, Gryffindor, yeah. and then Salazar. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd definitely be a Ravenclaw. Um, 
as far as resourceful, ambitious, I like those from Slytherin. Um, intelligence is also in Ravenclaw, but it's the kind of pridefulness that kind of stirs me away from Slytherin. Um, Gryffindor, I feel like that's the white bread of all the houses. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's kind of like, oh, who's your favorite character in Star Wars? Luke or, or Obi Wan? Yeah. Um, not that that's a bad thing by any by any stretch of the imagination. Dark yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying that. Uh, you know, you go to, we've both been to Harry Potter World, and I think everyone, <laughs> I would say the vast majority of people are, are you know wearing Gryffindor T-shirts or sweaters yeah. or whatever. I, I think I got a generic. Just Hogwarts. It had all the symbols and things. Yeah. Um, did you, did you try Butterbeer? Oh, dude, that's amazing. I had a very different experience. Really? Yeah. So it was like... Wait, hold on. I think you can get it like um, like chilled, like almost like a... Uh, yeah, it's, it's very sweet. And when I went, it was like 95 degrees and it was like 100% humidity. Yeah. So that with like a super sugary... I, I feel probably almost made you nauseous. It made made me or us nauseous. Yeah, that makes sense. I think you almost have to go like you know, a seventy degree September, like this time of year would probably be the best. Where yeah, it's like a you know Florida. You you can never really you have to you have to ask a Floridian to really know that the the best time to go in the year. Yeah, and maybe even like a November December time frame where you have jeans on and like a, a light sweater. Yeah, um, this was like bloody hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lauren and I went, you know, for our honeymoon, and that was actually like this this week oh, last year because yeah. something came up on my timeline on Facebook that I posted, um, and it was we were at, you know in that area, um, so yeah, I think you just have to go at the right time of year because it's really delicious. When Lauren and I had it, it was hot, but it wasn't like unbearably hot. Yeah, I'm um, sure. If that was the case, it would be better. What did you think of of Harry Potter World? I really liked it. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, let's see, that's Universal, right? Yeah. So there, we went on a Simpsons ride. I'll do that. I, I almost puked. I can that. never go on roller coasters again after that. Like you know, remember when we went to? Um, I probably shouldn't say that. that yeah. Theme park. That's yeah. Whatever. To our state. Yeah. Um, that That's was, really narrowing it down, dude. <laughs> it's whatever. Don't yeah. worry about it. So that theme park, um, when we went... I don't think we have any serial killers listening to our <laughs> show. Hopefully not. Um, there's always one out there. Yeah. Um, I, we job. saw the roller coaster, and I walked up to it just watching other people going around, and I almost threw up. Really? Yeah. Well, because the Simpsons ride, they put you in a seat, and then they lean you backwards, and you're basically looking up at the ceiling, and they're jerking you around. Yeah. And... Oh my gosh! It just like you put you like water in a water bottle and you're just shaking it up. Yeah, no, uh, be careful with your squeaking over there with the chair. Yeah. I know you're just getting excited, and rightfully so. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I felt the exact same way. I was so excited to go on the ride because, like I, you've said in previous episodes, huge fan of old school Simpsons and uh, what they've done with that part of the park is actually really cool. You know, they have characters everywhere, people dressed up, and what have you. Men in Black was really cool. Did you go on that one? Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but wow, yeah, that ride, I'm someone who can, um, and of course, with age, it gets harder and harder to go on those rides, you know, one one to the other. In my old age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that kind of a ride where it's like, you're just, you're just whipped all over the place and you're, you know, you, all everything's in 3D and, and you're just falling backwards, going forwards, going sideways, going to the right. It's just... Yeah, I mean, I don't know how someone, as they get into their 
late 20s, 30s, 40s cannot get nauseous on something like that. Yeah. Um, we had to sit down at one of the benches for like 20 minutes to yeah. recover. I mean, to your point, though, Men in Black is amazing. Yeah, um, it's one of those ones where you're like in a ride and you turn around and you shoot things. Yeah. Kind of like that scene from Men in Black where those things pop up and you shoot them. Yeah, well, it, yeah exactly. Just the girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the books. Well, I just love Will Smith's monologue there because <laughs> yeah. he like walks, he's like, see, this is the problem. And he like goes through each he's person. Like, he's just benching. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he didn't do anything. He's oh, just yeah, doing the, some pull-ups. monster or whatever. Yeah. Um, I need to watch that movie He's like, I, I just, I wouldn't want some busting me when I'm in <laughs> <laughs> doing some reps at the gym. She has law books. Yeah. Like, I she's love, out too late. Man, I love old school Will Smith. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've seen him in a good movie. Independence Day was really good. Yeah. Um, the one with Usher. Uh, <laughs> Usher. Okay, first of all, his name's Martin Lawrence. And it's, Whatever. It's bad boys, Mr. Christo- no, 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 Christopher it's Cincinnati that, like, dating over there. Movie one. Um, is there a dating movie with, or is that, I don't know. If you're thinking of um, Switch, Switch was that a movie? No, I think you're thinking of <laughs> hey, that's Hitch. That's a song. Hitch. <laughs> Switch is a song. You with the names tonight, man. You're so off. I swear, Switch is a Will Smith song. Maybe it's a new. I think it's. I, okay, a new I thought we were school. talking about movies, not music. Well, so I screwed up the new movie name, so I'm gonna redeem myself. Will Smith lyrics. Switch is a song. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a Will Smith song. Whatever. I'm glad you redeemed. I was yourself. half there. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I love the. Uh, I mean, Universal Studios in Islands Adventure. I think you kind of have to do both of them because Islands has all of the Marvel stuff all over the place. Yeah, they have a really sweet comic book store there. Um, I still have um, a book from when I was, I think, ten when I, my family drove down there. And uh, I still have all the signatures from like all of, you know, Wolverine, you know, Storm, all the people that, you know, we we saw, which is really neat. Um, I just can't wait to take our kids there someday. You know, Mm -hmm. like I know for me, it was as my, you know, my dad looking at me must have just been filled with joy just seeing your kid get so excited seeing all these different things. Yeah. Um, I almost hit my mic. Yeah, you did hit your mic. Yeah. I'm glad my, my, uh, my pop filter didn't fall off there. Yeah, Um, we, uh, we went when... What was it Pokemon Go was just coming out? Oh my god! So it was huge. So you had parents and like kids playing Pokemon Go. Like it was, it was interesting. That would be pretty cool. Um, there's Pokestops everywhere. Oh, I bet. You know, I feel like there's been kind of a resurgence in that game recently. Yeah. Um, I think certainly there's a group of people that just never stopped playing, but I think with all the updates that they've had with it recently, um, they've kind of either reach out to some new people or people that stopped have come back on. Yeah, I know I have a Pokestop right outside my apartment. Do you, so have you, are you, do you play consistently? Do you play more Not than once consi- a week? I don't play anything really consistently. Yeah. Um, well, the second I stopped Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, yeah. it's kind of been downhill for consistency in games. Yeah. That makes but sense. That one had to. See, my consistency's gone up after I got a new job. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> consistently playing more. Yeah. Um, um yeah, no, I my favorite ride in Universal Studios or the Harry Potter world would had to be the Gringotts Bank. That was amazing. Amazing. So, <coughs> choking you, on air. You, no, so getting excited. to it. So when I went originally, um, I went with my dad and my sister. Must have been my junior year of college, maybe. I don't know. It was like it was before um, Diagon Alley was made. Oh. So it was just Hogsmeade. Yeah. So when we went originally, it was like, this is kind of cool, but it's kind of underwhelming in all honesty. Like the castle looks great. Mm-hmm. Walking through Hogsmeade, it's very reminiscent of the movies. Tygon Alley's 
freaking awesome. But when Lauren and I took the freaking train, what is it called? Hog- or Hogwarts Express. Yeah, the Express. When we took that over to Diagon Alley, um, you know, we went last year, and you're walking through. I mean, it's it's almost one for one replica of the movies. And now, it, granted, a lot of the stores are just storefronts; you can't go into them, which is fine. Yeah, but you have you can get a wand and you can go through that, and then yeah. you can interact with those storefronts, and then you got that dragon. Which is awesome. I mean, it, it's really unbelievable. It how- was really cool because I was doing that giant painting of all the Harry Potter characters. Yes. Which I will eventually sell for prints. You should. Yeah. Um, you probably make a, a killing off of that. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I think with my time investment, I still have like 150 hours to go. How many hours cumulative have you spent to date? Um, 750 about. Yeah. According to my spreadsheet. Um, so. And it shows, folks. Like, I don't know. Can we post pictures? Is that a thing that we can I can do? post it on Twitter. So if you want to send it to me. Uh, do we have an otaku. This is, <laughs> I shouldn't be asking this question. We have an otaku Twitter, right? It's my Twitter. Okay. I don't have a sp- specific otaku. Because that'd be too much to manage. Yeah. If you want to manage that, by all means. But I'm already editing, I don't uploading, do media, doing all really. the social media communication. So. Yeah. Um, I got off Facebook just for the reason I didn't feel like doing it. Yeah. So, um. You have it on your phone, right? Pictures of it? Yeah, I have to paint over something real quick, but uh, I'll probably... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do that and... yeah. This we week, and we can put something okay. up. Okay, yeah. The need or if people want to see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but essentially what it is, is um, it's 24 different characters from Harry Potter. So it's um, both the snake... Or it's all the house symbols. So you have the lion. Um, I did a raven for Ravenclaw instead of an eagle, but that's... Because obviously you want to see a raven, um, and eagles are a pain to paint. Um, you have Slytherin, the snake, a badger for Hufflepuff, a lion, and then you got all the kind of Horcruxes and things. Yeah. Um, and then you have like iconic characters like a basilisk, um, the rat, uh, the phoenix, Hedwig, and the letter, and a Patronus. Yeah, it took a lot of time. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty amazing, and to be able to have seen you from the original sketches to where you brought it today is is really pretty amazing, and it's cool that you've actually captured that with all your yeah. pictures, you know, um, like a three year process. And you should advertise it as such, you know, if you get back on Facebook or wherever you choose to advertise that, you should really show the progression so that people can yeah. really see like the amount of time and detail that you put into it. I, I dated every one of those things. So you yeah, I mean, you should stuff. really timestamp each of the photos. And kind of lay it all out for people because I think that would almost further encourage people to purchase prints of it. Honestly, yeah, I think the original is. Oh gosh, it's been so long. It's like six feet tall or four feet. I don't know. It, it's, it's big. It's big. Um, four feet by three feet. I think. I was gonna say. I don't think it's six feet. No, tall. No, 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 no. It's it's four feet by three feet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember going to get that canvas. It was like $75 for the, just the canvas alone. And the amount of paints that you've used, I'm sure it's like... I've accumulated a lot of paints. Over the years. Um, probably like $600 worth of paint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's... I will eventually... I know my coworker, she wanted a print. She actually uh, texted me about it. She's like, hey, so uh, when are you going to finish that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's... We're not going to get into it, but there's reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, well, let's let's kind of you know start going, getting back Wait, to our finish Harry Potter our world conversation. Um, I think so. I mean, I think basically just the level of detail in Diagon Alley is, did, is yeah. Did you go to the castle ride? This is right inside the castle. Yeah. Okay. So we were talking about Simpsons, and I thought like by association we talked about Harry Potter. 
I wasn't a big fan. Similar to Simpsons. It's not as bad. Yeah. But it kind of still made me nauseous a little bit. Yeah, that one's very much a shake you up. Yeah. More so than I would have liked. Um, I, 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 the uh, bank. I, I definitely mean, went on like three times. Because that's an actual like roller coaster, right? Yeah. And then you go through some plot points or like yeah. just a cool stuff that yeah. happens during that ride. And even just like the fact that like most roller coasters, there's like a long line and depending on how busy it is, of course they extend it through whatever. But the longer you're in it, it's almost better because that means you get to see more of the level of detail throughout the entire bank, yeah. which I think is really pretty neat. Um, Even the ride between the places that uh, Hogwarts Express, yeah, there's like events and stuff that go on, and that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you did you buy a wand when you were there? Yes. Okay. What which character? I am not sure. I I think I'm not probably uh, Voldemort's. Oh, that's a cool, that's a cool one. Yeah. I'd like to, um, so I got Snape's cause Snape is arguably my favorite character in, in Harry Potter. Yes. Um, I mean, Alan Rickman, man, rest his soul. What a great, great actor and yeah. how he portrayed that character. Amazing. Um, but, uh, I would like to get Voldemort's and the elder wand. Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be really The nice. elder wand would be cool. Uh, Lauren has Hermione's. Okay. Um, yeah, those are really. I wouldn't want to get like. They're like fifty dollars. Yeah, they're expensive. It's not worth paying, you know, out the wazoo for a bunch of wands. Um, well, did Matt actually whittled wands and sold them on DeviantArt? Dude, he's a legend. <laughs> he's just ridiculous. No, he like he whittled a staff. Um, but you should see some of the wands. I can have him send. Yeah, that'd, me be, a picture. that'd be pretty cool. His wands are. Yeah, he sold like three wands for like. $300 at an art show. By the way, and listeners aren't going to know what we're talking about, but what he said to a certain person was pretty awesome. Yeah. No, I would agree. His rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, Lauren showed you that? She told me about it. Yeah. She didn't show me. She just told me about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so back to the, the topic. He's so well-spoken. He's sure. very well-spoken. Um, let's talk about uh, favorite characters. Yes. So who... My spreadsheet. Do you like a list, or do you just have like one particular... Uh, General Kenobi spreadsheet. All right. I think I have three listed. Um, Hermione, of um, course. probably in the trio, is my favorite. Yep. Uh, Ron is just kind of more comedic and the stupider of the two. Or yeah. three. Um, Harry, he complains like Batman does about his parents being dead so freaking often. Dude, that's like rough. Like what? <laughs> okay. Don't For the so number of times that like Batman or like Harry Potter references that their parents are dead. If your parents were viciously murdered by someone that broke into your home and cast Kavada Kedabra yeah, yeah, at your parents, yeah. would you just be like loddily dawdling the rest of your life or would you be pretty upset about it? No, I do. I just wouldn't reference when it. When he's every also trying movie. to hunt you down and kill you on the daily. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'd reference oh, yeah, it all the time. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd be pretty upset too. I wouldn't be. I can't. Swear. I got you, HP. I got you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like more Luke's approach, who has more father issues than Harry Potter does. Yeah, but then he turned into a hermit and lived with a bunch of like freaking like okay, dinosaurs. Last Jedi is the miniature worst, dinosaurs. Though. All right, we're not getting into this right yeah. now. Yeah, if you're gonna milk something on your own island for the number of times he's probably milked that cow thing. Don't make me force choke you. 
Um, well, I can cruciate his curse, so. All right, uh, so Hermione, and then also um, Dumbledore. Okay. Um, he's I like him the same reason I like Gandalf. Um, and I, Yoda, he's just so wise. Yeah, but I think Gandalf would definitely kick Dumbledore's right in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, there's no no comparison. Yeah. Um, and then Snape, obviously. Yeah. So I uh, I think I talked about it earlier. Sirius Black, um, for reasons I don't really need to go into, but I think just the fact that. Um, he really does cherish his relationship with Harry so much, and you know, knowing the pain that Harry is experiencing for however much he talks about it in the movies and books. Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> um, you know, I think he's just—it's just so special their relationship, even though it is so short-lived between um, you know three and five. Um, I think the moments they do have together are, are very memorable. You know, and uh, I think it's three when you know he he goes to Harry. Or he like follows them through um, the the train station, you mm-hmm. know, and they're like, "Padfoot, what are you doing here?" And he gives that the picture to Harry, you know, yeah. when they go into the back room or whatever, um, you know, when they have the moment when in Order of the Phoenix, when Harry, you know, reaches that area and uh, they're walking through, and you know, he's taking him through all the different drawings on the walls, the family tree and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'll get into one of my favorite scenes, you know, later on when we talk about our favorite scenes. But I think he's just a really great, humble, down to earth character. Um, that really prioritizes family and friendship, and I think that's just really special. And Snape um, is someone that, for so long, you you uh, portray or he was portrayed as the antagonist, and up until pretty much the moments of his death, you thought he was. Um, but when he shares, you know, his memory with Harry, and Harry kind of relives that, um, you see that he really just loved Harry's mom so much, and because of he lo- his love for for Lily, he essentially saved Harry. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I think. That or loathed him because of exactly, that yeah. And I think that exposition over the course of six movies, and then in one moment, it kind of all comes together in this nice, tight, you know, bound knot is just or bow is just really pretty cool. Yeah, how J.K. Rowling was able to do that, and then the directors were able to put it to film, um, I think is really pretty cool. Um, and plus, I just think Alan Rickman's character, just the way he looks with his black, long, just greasy looking hair, and his cape, he's just, his his dialogue is just, I don't even know how you can describe it, but just, it's like long and drawn out. And he, you know, yeah. just the way he talks is just so cool and I just love it. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I just, I love that character so much. Um, yeah, that's about all I can say about Snape. So, um, favorite events? Yeah, favorite scenes. Yeah, um, got of, a couple of them, so. Yeah, walking off of the Snape kind of explanation i think one of my favorites is always that yeah memory yeah and just that line as an answer to basically loving harry's mom or doing it all like he his feelings hadn't changed yeah and i think it was really almost tear-jerking when snape before anyone else gets to the house very shortly after voldemort cast his spell on harry and he's just like holding lily and just like sobbing you know yeah. it's just really a, a cool moment, but a very sad moment. And um, his Patronus is still the dough. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to just kind of spitball back and forth? So I'll, I'll share one. Yeah, you. sure. So um, I kind of already talked about the prince's tale and the Deathly Hallows when Harry goes back and sees the memory after he shares it with him, like shortly before he dies. Um, the other one is the Patronus and, you know, um, the prisoner of Azkaban. You know, Harry is telling 
Hermione before they use the time turner that my dad, he'll cast the Patronus, don't worry about it, Hermione. And she's like, Harry, your dad's dead. I know. He's like, he gets very defensive about it. And he's like, but he'll be here. He'll show up. And then I think like he finally realizes that not, someone's not going to be there to help him all yeah. the time. You know, Harry's going to, I think this is the kind of like defining moment in his maturity as a wizard that he recognizes that he does have a tremendous amount of strength and power and he has to learn how to defend himself. And this is that moment because he sees his himself and his godfather getting the life sucked out of them, literally, yeah. in the soul. And when he casts that, and the way that Daniel Radcliffe just like screams the Patronus spell was just, it's just so iconic and so cool and just, ah, it's just really memorable to me. Um, it's cool that he also emulates his father's Patronus. Yeah. Just the way this Snape emulates his mother's. Yeah. So I think that's, for more reasons than one, is one of my favorite movies, movies in the films. Yeah. So what about you? Um, mine is the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, just I love whole. all the events and how creative and all the puzzle pieces between them and the teamwork between teams and just giving each other hints. Yeah, I think that was cool, especially like, you know, in the first one, you know, Harry goes into the, the forest with Hagrid. Um, Talk about the dragons. And the yeah, dragons. and then the they take like the golden egg thing in the... The bathroom to hear like, oh, there's like crazy mermaids or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it, it was really cool. I mean, any any time that you can do dragons in a movie. And the dragons looked really good. Yeah. And they still hold up. Um, yeah, just a lot of action in that movie. That's why it's my number one. Yeah, cool. Yeah, what about you? Um, I love, so for more reasons than one, I'm going to sh- share my favorite memory for last. But, you know, Order of the Phoenix, for the longest time, I actually didn't like the movie like much at all really mm-hmm. but over the years after i've watched it a number of times there's one moment in particular that really makes the movie almost my favorite of all time or in, i guess in the the series of movies but another moment you know um dolores umbridge is just disgusting you know she's I, the I, worst yeah um but uh you know at the very kind of tail end of the movie when fred and george they, you know they leave hogwarts and then they're all kind of taking an exam and they're all getting their hands scratched because she has those just demonic, you know, spell to basically whatever you're writing is being inscribed on your hand. And she turns around because she hears like this loud banging and then Fred and George come in. There's like this really loud and just joyful, crazy music playing. And and all of her like plaques are falling off the walls. Yeah, they just destroy everything. And then the giant, almost like um, the fiery dragon in Fellowship of the Ring that chases Bilbo. Yeah. Like that chases, you know, on bridge, like out of the, uh, the, the hallway. Um, I thought that was super cool. And you, was it Flickwit was the one who like jumped up and cheered when they yeah. happened? He was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you're like the little goblin dude? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was really good. Um, so yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I don't know if you, you probably have this on your list. Uh, um, Voldemort versus Dumbledore? Yes, absolutely. Yes. In order. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish they would have done more battles like this, just huge and elaborate and really kind of diving into, um, the magic and what magic can do. I know you, they had the, I guess essentially the two giant powers of each side battling it out, but if they could have done more like this, just elaborate magic. Yeah. That'd have been awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, as cool as some of the duels were, I felt like they were kind of uneventful. Yeah. I mean, this will actually put visuals to it. It really did. Because I mean, if you go back to when, um, oh, what movie is it? 
Chamber of Secrets when they just like were flicking wands at each other and then he talked to that snake. Oh, yeah. It was just like little things of light. Yeah. Didn't really do anything except like flip them around. And I think that was both like a visual limitation, like yeah. a CGI perspective. And bleeding out of every pore. Yeah. And then... Um, it was half flipped. Yeah. Oh, my, in the bathroom. That was messed up. Yeah. Um, vi- was it Victor Sempra or whatever? Because that was Snape's spell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, if they could have done more elaborate stuff like that, I don't even think at the the war at the end of um, the last one, Deathly Hallows, they really did anything super elaborate. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this wasn't on my list, but a moment in Deathly Hallows Part 2, I think the the battle between Voldemort and Harry is less, I, I guess, epic, for lack of a better term, than how all of that played out and unfolded that Harry wasn't actually dead. Yeah. You know, and, and he, like, wiggled his way out of Hagrid's arms and got up and then that kind of all ensued or whatever mm-hmm. uh, played out. Um, even like, I, I think the battle in uh, Goblet of Fire when they were in the cemetery was actually more exciting than Howl's, Deathly Hallows Part 2 just because his parents and um, his friend were all there. That's, that still pisses me off though. That I mean, in both of those battles that... Um, Expelliarmus is as like why yeah I, that's, is as powerful as one of the unforgivable curses. Yeah, no, I feel the exact same, and it's again, it's it's love that you know that's Harry's BS. I know, and I understand that, and I feel the exact same way as you do. Like increase the cheese factor. Yeah, here. no, I I agree completely, and you gotta wonder if J.K. Rowling has any regrets from choosing that as his spell. Um, I don't know, but I know she regrets I think it, putting Harry I, with. Um, Ginny and not Hermione. Hermione with Ron. Yeah. yeah. I think it makes sense in the fact, though, that after Harry's spell overcomes Voldemort's, that the Elder Wand flicks back to him. Yeah. I think in that sense, it's kind of cool because then it's like Voldemort's been defeated. You know, and, and how else would have the wand have been have come back to Harry? He otherwise, have it, used the force. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, he probably would have just dropped it, Voldemort. And that would have been maybe less... Dude, I Whatever. wanted Harry to freaking torture him and then kill him. Uh, or just, just two death curses at each other. That's just not his character, you know? Yeah, it's well, not what if character. he joined the dark side yeah. last minute? Okay, well, let me do another one here. So I kind of forgot about this until we were talking about Deathly Hallows. Um, but it's just boom, 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 one after another in that movie. It's just so crazy. Like, you can't even catch your breath. Um, part one or part two? Part two. Yeah. Um, but no. there was one moment in particular that I don't think there was a better person other than per, um, perhaps Professor McGonagall to fight and defeat Bellatrix yes. than Mrs. Weasley. And so when Jenny or Ginny is in front of Bellatrix and then I think, you know, this is not a swearing podcast. We try to keep it clean, but I have to say it in this instance yeah. when she says, not my daughter, you bitch. <laughs> and then she just like, they just start, start hacking it out with their wands and then, you know, she just freaking throws her out the window or whatever happens to yeah. her. Um, that was so awesome. I was just like... Yeah, because you know, like just, she just killed her son, right? Bellatrix, I don't know if Bellatrix in particular... I think Bellatrix here, killed one of the twins. But yeah, definitely one of them did die when they were transporting Harry um, to their house, remember, in the beginning of the film? Yeah. Because um, they all used the Polyjuice Potion to be Harry. Yeah. And then they warped back. Was it then, in that movie? Yeah, I think that was Hollis Part 1. Okay. Yeah. The camping one. Yeah, because that's when Hedwig died in the very beginning. Yeah. Because I remember I reading remember that in the that. book, and I was like, Hedwig dies in like the first thirty pages. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the heck? Um, that's something you don't think about. Like, so many people died in that book. 
Yeah. You know, like Lupin and uh, what's his significant other? What's her name? Uh, the, the one the changer. The hair changes or whatever. Yeah. I forget her name, but um, I can't remember if Kingsley died. Um, Kingsley was awesome. He was cool. I, I thought one of the lines was kind of cheesy. I didn't think it was in his character, but in, I think in the fifth movie, he's like, you got to admit uh, something. He's got style. He's got style. Dumbledore's got style. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think that was great. I thought it was, it was funny. Because he has these cool looking robes. Yeah. And he just watched Dumbledore clap a phoenix out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Watch, see, Voldemort versus Dumbledore and Phoenix. I have that. I said the war at the end, which we kind of discussed. Okay. Um, Hermione punches Malfoy in Prisoner of Azkaban. That, that was really good. That was cool. Um, the Buckbeat flight. So when um, yeah. shortly after Malfoy gets his face or his arm stomped on and Harry rides Buckbeak and he's just kind of flying over the water and after he gets comfortable, he like, you know, raises his arms like Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic and just yeah. like, woohoo, whatever. I like um, when the Dementors were in like the park and like they're trying to bully Harry and oh, then... Yeah. It just everything starts going dark, and the Dursley kid was just like, "What's going on?" Yeah, <laughs> what a freaking dweeb that kid was, yeah. man! I just he irked me so much. Um, and Dobby, Dobby was cool. I like Dobby a lot. Yeah, and that oh man, I want to talk about heart wrenching moments when Bellatrix throws that knife and it gets sucked in and he gets stabbed. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and he dies on the beach. Um, that was really sad. So I have one more. Or the uh, House Elf Liberation Army. What's this? Her- or Hermione went on like a giant thing to liberate all the house elves to like get them unenslaved. I don't remember that. That was in the books. Oh, okay. Yeah. She okay. went on this huge thing. Like, I think she gave out a bunch of socks or something. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. She was all about the house elf freedoms. Um, do you have other memories, favorite scenes? I think it was just the ministry battle was my last one. Okay. That's my um, favorite. So I have one last favorite scene um so it's it's kind of like multiple um within a matter of minutes so at the end of order of the phoenix and this is really why this is one of my favorite movies in the, um the, you know harry potter and so when harry and sirius are kind of fighting alongside each other and well i guess earlier in the film when uh you know they're at the table with the the order and harry's like you know if, if voldemort's got an army you know i want to fight or whatever and then um gary oldman played Sirius so perfectly. He looks over at Harry and just like winks. And I thought that was really cool because of course, Mrs. Uh, Weasley doesn't want to get the kids involved. Mm -hmm. And uh, so later at the end of the film, when they're in that giant area after they are at, um, where are they at? I can't remember. In the ministry. The ministry. That's right. And so they're in that very, you know, circular area and all the death eaters show up. And of course um, the order shows up as well. And I don't know why they had a portal to the like afterlife. Cause they had a bunch of prophecies, which I get it understand but yeah they had just had a portal in a room yeah that was weird um but you know when they're fighting alongside each other and uh and Sirius just screams nice one james yeah. just like it was like old times you know even though he didn't mean to like say that because it's yeah. scary but then when bellatrix kind of comes out of nowhere and casts avada Kedavra and it hits Sirius, like there's this moment where harry like locks eyes with him and you know he fades off and harry is just like i love how the director chose to make him screaming silent yeah. Like, you know, I think it was Lupin that like grabbed him, was trying to hold on to him, and he's just like screaming in agony. And, you know, he eventually gets loose, chases after Bellatrix. You know, she's like, I killed Sirius Black, whatever. And she, Voldemort shows up. And after he torches her a bit. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, Dumbledore and Voldemort have their scene. But afterwards, when Voldemort is back in Harry's mind, because, you know, the whole movie, Harry was constantly trying to fend him off as Snape was kind of trying to 
teach him to fend him off, you know? Yeah. And Harry has this, this line of dialogue that I just love. It just gives me chills just thinking about it. He says, you're the weak one and you'll never know love or friendship. And I feel sorry for you. And the way he says it is just so perfect. And then, you know, it's, it's playing all these scenes, but then it almost like reverses all the scenes that Harry was seeing and Voldemort just gets sucked out. Yeah. And that's when like everyone shows up because, you know, like Hermione, Ron, everyone, they could tell that Harry's like suffering. Yeah. But when he, when he says that line, I literally have goosebumps. It's just so cool. Um, I just love that. So, yeah, that was a really good scene. But, uh, but yeah, those are like all my favorite scenes. Yeah, me too. Do we want to move on to the next one? Yeah, what was our next topic? I think talking about... Uh, Fantastic Beasts and where yeah. to find them. Now, did you read this book? No. I didn't either. So there was The Cursed Child, which I was told not to read. Which the premise, when you told... wasn't you that told me about it. It was my um, my buddy Charlie, the yeah. one that we want to have on to talk about God of War. Um, it's going to happen someday, Charlie, I promise. He told me about the premise, and I was like, that's really cool. And the fact that it was like in play format didn't bother me because I actually I heard the play was all right, but the book sucked. Was it just the it content? Was just the, it, it was just, just the script. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I heard it wasn't good. Um, I thought that time turners in general were a bad idea. They made sense in the third movie, Prisoner of Azkaban, but just the second you introduce time travel to any plot point, you screw up major plot points. Like yeah. it, you completely screw up the consequences to any action because it can be unturned. Yeah, when you look at Deadpool two, not spoiler alert, but yeah, we're not going to go into details. Remember, I told you that at the end of the movie, like, oh, I bet that's what's going to happen. You were like, oh, I didn't think about that. Sure, we'll talk after. Yeah, no, it's a time travel. I mean, you can undo so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have killed Voldemort and all that jazz, save his parents. Un, yeah, done undone anything really bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I just didn't hear good things. But as far as Fantastic Beasts go, I really liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I like Newt, uh, Newt, whatever his name is. Newt Gunray. Yeah. Is that, what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, I don't, Star Wars character. I don't think that's it. Um, but I like his character. I like the premise of the movie. You know, him not wanting to kind of like, you know, seep over to all these these characters, these these creatures into like the real world, you don't want that to happen. Um, I think his granddaughter actually married. Um, who was the weirder of the one? Lovegood, Luna, Luna, really? Yeah. So I guess or grandson, I guess whatever. But so this takes place before, before. the events of Harry Potter. Yeah, because okay. the new trailer shows a young, younger Dumbledore. Yeah. So the, in a three or two piece suit. Yeah. Yeah. So. From that perspective, I'm excited about the future of these movies, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I hope, you know, if you can get J.K. Rowling on board to be, you know, on the sidelines to the script of I future movies. Was. Yeah, but I'd really like to see, I, I want to see a Voldemort or Tom Riddle origin story. You know, we got some of the exposition in, in uh, flashbacks and stuff like that, but I want to see, like, from the orphanage, to going through Hogwarts. Yeah, that's what I did for my future things, what I wanted to see. Yeah. Was a Voldemort story. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Like a good anthology film. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. No, that, or I guess, yeah, that's kind of where I want to see it going, is more anthology films. As far as... What's an anthology? Is that like four movies or something? Anthology is the same thing that, um, what is the, that Star Wars film that they did? 
um, where they try to get the plans of the Death Star. Crap, why is it? Why A New Hope? It? Oh, oh, um, Rogue One. Yeah, it's so an anthology. It's just a side film okay. with a different like plot or a different story. So like Han Solo was an anthology. Gotcha. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Picking up what you're throwing down. Yeah. Yeah. So this would be like a backstory film to Voldemort, which would be awesome. As far as Fantastic Beasts, I thought it... I like the introduction to all the cool uh, creatures and kind of the use of those. Yeah. Um, I thought the characters were interesting. None of them super overblown. Um, and I liked uh, Johnny Depp's character. I think he has a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, the evil guy. Yeah. Johnny Depp is a person, though. He needs to get his, his stuff in order. I thought it was in order. No, I mean, he was beating his wife or whatever. His his wine budget is like $100,000 a month. Like, it's he owns like three islands. Like, he... Hey, if I owned three islands, he's my just, wine budget would... He's just not smart with his finances, and the only reason why he's still in like these big blockbuster movies and they made like nine... That's the only care. reason Nicolas Cage does anything. It's because he's so in debt. Well, yeah, but I mean... He also sucks in everything. Yeah, does. I was about to say. Nick, no, Nobody wants Nick Cage in movies, so... Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, Johnny Depp's early movies. I love Johnny Depp as... He plays a good evil character. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, aside from his real life, you know, yeah. he might be pretty interesting in this next movie, um, which comes out like in November, I think. The Man, Crimes of Grindelwald or something like that. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it's this year. I just hope that, you know, there's been movies where they'll tease a certain character and they're in it for like 30 seconds. Like Darth Vader. Now, granted, he had some amazing scenes in Rogue One. But he was in it for all of, like, three minutes. I'm glad he wasn't in it, though. It wasn't about him. But my point being here is that from Dumbledore being teased in this movie, I don't want him to just be in some two-piece suit and say, like, three lines of dialogue and it's out. Yeah. Type of thing. I think he's more of a tie-it to the original series. Yeah, and that's he said, fine. basically, like, I can't get involved because I'm the head of a school. Yeah. But as a plot device and then tying it to the other films... That's I I think I'd be cool if he didn't have a ton of screen time, but give him enough to make him a significant character. Yeah, I think there needs to be a happy balance there. Yeah, uh, which I think they'll they'll do um, to kind of treat the fans. The visuals of the castle looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, the magic looked pretty cool. Yeah, if they can get into more elaborate magic sequences, which they kind of did in the last one. Yeah, kind of like the end of or the Dumbledore at Voldemort. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that I'm in a place now where it's like, like Rogue One and any side story Star Wars movie at this point, um, I'm going into this Crimes of Grindelwald movie with very low expectations. And if I'm wowed, then great. But if it turns out to be a dud, then I'm not going to be like upset about it. Um, I'll be more upset about how it's tainting the Harry Potter name. Which is kind of why I'm staying away from the uh, Cursed Child. Yeah. It's because I think it was ghost written or it was written not by J.K. Rowling. Oh, really? These were like approved by jk rowling okay that's why yeah that's why i'm staying staying away and keeping in my mind though it may not be the case the cursed child as un um canon canon yeah 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 we'll see i mean we'll we'll certainly go see it together uh probably but um yeah anything else is there any other things that you want to see from the future of harry potter i think the founders anthology would be really cool the founders of hogwarts oh that'd be pretty neat yeah i mean because it's basically four wizards who got together and was like yo let's build a castle start a school for england english kids yeah because america's would have their own 
Yeah. Um, that would be pretty neat. I'd like that. Um, and then also Dumbledore anthology. Yeah. Because no, he has I... a sad backstory with, like, I think his sister and his brother and, like, yeah. all of that. And then just him learning. Um, it would be more interesting than, like, the Yoda kind of thing because Yoda was boring for, like, 60 years. He's yeah. He's lived for 800. But Dumbledore's had a interesting past. Yeah. No, I'd totally be behind that. Uh, yeah, I think Tom Riddle and Vol- or Dumbledore probably my number one and two. Yeah. Um, for the, what I want for the future of Harry Potter. I don't know if it would be worth going into anything in Harry Potter's future. Or like, I think those characters need to stay where they ended. Yeah, I mean, right. I would not be opposed in like 10 years from now if, you know, Emma Watson, Rupert Grint, and Dan Radcliffe sign on for like a movie, almost like a Star Wars. I know like people hate, you know, Force Awakens and Last Jedi and stuff like that, but almost to get them like 10, 15 years later, come yeah. back and do something. If, if J.K. Rowling pens a really cool script or even book. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. A new evil, you know, arises or something, you know, a new Voldemort or something. Yeah, because um, didn't Malfoy turn, turn good at the end? Yeah, well, because, you know, like Dumbled- or, uh, Voldemort was kind of like saying, you know, like, come on my side type of thing. And I think he was just kind of like, didn't know what to do really. Yeah. And I think he... Well, Harry went back for him and essentially saved him from the in the um, that cupboard. Yeah, or um, a rooms of requirement. That's what it was. Yeah, and so I think at that point you kind of have to um, turn to good. the good side. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you required it by contract. Yeah, uh, but I think Malfoy was always in conflict with with what he was being asked to do. Yeah, I um, think he was a good character. Yeah, I think it, his. He definitely was not one-sided. He was very multidimensional and very conflicted. I mean, earlier on, you know, he, I think, out of insecurity and because of his father, he was so mean to Harry and certainly Hermione for being um, um, muggle parents. Uh, but I think later on when his, his, uh, his asks from his father and even Voldemort himself became much more um, yeah. of, of grander scope, he was like, I don't know if I can do this type of stuff. Yeah, where he did like kill Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was literally asked to do that, and that's why Snape like stepped in and was like, "I'm gonna do this." Yeah. So, yeah, I think those would be cool. Um, as far as other main characters that I'd want, I'm not sure if there's any that would be worth seeing. Harry's Potter's parents wouldn't be really worth seeing. Um, Snape really wouldn't be worth seeing. I think he's cool more as a mysterious black background, or both of them really through the visions. In the yeah, I think again that's like Han Solo. It's like we don't. I don't want them to just pump out um, Harry to... Harry Potter movies for the sake of doing so. Um, I think this um, Fantastic Beast series of movies makes sense. It's it's cool if they do a Tom Riddle movie, great. But we don't need any of that really. Yeah. I mean, if we only, even if we only had the eight Harry Potter movies, I'd be I'd be fine. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it is what it is. Yeah, I'd be so. cool with just those three. Just yeah. more information about the houses, the uh, Dumbledore, and then Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. You got anything else to say? Nope, that's all I. Got. I think let's wrap this up. We're uh, just shy of two hours. I think we got a lot of fun stuff, conversations, random uh, side dialogue about stuff that doesn't matter, but <laughs> somehow Ryan and I started talking about it. Um, land before time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully you, all you fine folks out there enjoyed our our crazy ramblings for another two hours. We want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate the support. Um, whether it's a random tes- text message from one of my friends or an iTunes review, whatever it is, we really appreciate all the feedback that we've gotten since we started the show. 
Again, you can write into the podcast at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com if you have questions, feedback, whatever it is. We're happy to read it on the show. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ari Lewis 2011 post um, show topics, um, ask you guys for suggestions, that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, you can find me on there. Ryan, any other last-minute comments before we wrap it up? But you said we passed, like, a 1,000 Yeah, that's whatever. a good point. So we, listeners? We, um, we surpassed 1,000 downloads of downloads. the show this yeah. past week, um, which so if you cool. do the math for 14 episodes, that's about 70, 72 downloads per episode, um, which is super Surprising. rad. Yeah, I think that's crazy. Um, I was hoping for, like, 30 to 40 um, I was hoping for like 10. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, 70 odd people are, are downloading the show and, and hopefully enjoying it will stick around for I a while. I still like the seeing the demographics or like the countries. Yeah. So Ryan and I can actually, um, through Podbean, the site that um, we ha- currently host our show, um, we can kind of dig into the geography of where the show is downloaded. And uh, of course, like 80% of the listeners are from the United States, um, Canada, and the United Kingdom are kind of the heaviest demographic of our listeners. But there's some people, and uh, I guess Ireland's part of the United Kingdom, I think. But um, Just go EU countries. Yeah. Just. Yeah, so we've got like Norway, um, Ireland, Dean, what's up? Uh, we got someone from like Zimbabwe that listens. That's pretty cool. A couple people from Israel. Yeah. I don't know how you'd find us or like how that all works. I have but, no idea. Hey, how's it going over there? <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you're listening and you're from Israel, Zimbabwe, wherever you are in the world, we appreciate your support. We really do. Um but yeah, I think that's it for an episode. Yeah, sounds good. Well, oh, voice cracked like, right at the end. That was the f- that's how I want to leave. 15 episodes, yeah. and finally Ryan has a voice crack. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone, we've gone on long enough. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.